Welcome to the IBS Ideas podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today we are joined by Sandy Young, Managing Director, Europe at Ripple. Hello, great to be here. Great to have you. Thank you for your time. So, Sandy, before we kick off, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and your role at Ripple? Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm the Managing Director of Europe at Ripple. I look after uh, particularly our growth in the in the in the continent in the UK and Europe, particularly around RippleNet, which is our cross-border payments network, uh, where we leverage crypto and blockchain technologies to bring efficiencies to cross-border payments. That's where we're known most, but we've recently expanded that to uh, into more uh, providing tokenized solutions to help companies be ready more for that uh, crypto-enabled future. Sounds great. Awesome. So I will take the opportunity, since you are the managing director in the European region, to ask you why, in your opinion, Europe is becoming the main hub for the sector, the crypto sector in particular, but the fintech sector at large. In 2021, we've seen fintech startups in Europe raising 35 billion dollars. So I was wondering what's behind this appetite for the sector? Yeah, I think um, there are a number of things. So um, being kind of in a more crypto blockchain part, part of the of the sector, I can see that this is one of the fastest growth areas for fintech, right? I mean, if we look at, you know, last year, I mean, even you know, globally, right, the VC investment in crypto reached about 33 billion it's two times you know what it was in the last six years combined so it's it's massively increasing and in europe particularly right we're seeing that you know they have its share in terms of that crypto growth um in fact you know recently europe superseded even even sort of east asia in terms of the size of the cryptocurrency economy receiving over 870 billion euros in crypto in the past year. We've seen, for example, very, very recently, right, France becoming one of the big European nations to grant a crypto giant like Binance regulatory approval. So there's a lot of it, I think, also in recently, especially driven from kind of in the crypto blockchain space. And having been in this kind of sector, you know, for the last time, 15 years, what I see is interesting is I think there's been, especially, you know, globally, but also particularly across European cities, There's been a race to become the fintech hub, and it feels like now it's been it's being kind of replaced or paralleled by this race to be the new crypto hub. And I could see that, obviously, you know, some of the examples are UK obviously has been in the news very recently. The government saying, you know, we want to be the global hub for crypto services. They're, you know, courting startups, established players, but also looking at leading the way in terms of regulation on stable coins, NFTs, et cetera. Again, being in, you know, in, in Paris blockchain week a couple of weeks ago, I saw how the not only European, but global crypto industry coming together there. Again, Binance making a big statement around the partnership with the fintech campus, Station F and investment there. So there's a lot of activities, I think, um, showing me that, you know, definitely, you know, crypto is and, and blockchain is kind of this next big driver within the fintech space. And it's active um, not only in, you know, globally, but in Europe as well. And and there's there's another sort of. I guess the last thing, what, what, you know, why we're seeing is it's important to recognize that regulation is an important role to play here. I think Europe and UK as well, like has done particularly well in um, proactively looking at establishing rules of the road, bringing clarity. Uh, and again, when we look at what's happening in the UK recently, looking at this 
markets and crypto assets uh, regulation that you is looking to to pass uh, hopefully soon to bring a bit more of a harmonization and clarity across how uh, crypto is regulated across the EU. I think these are really important signs of you know looking at continuing to be on that you know leading edge to be an incubator of you know for financial service innovation talent uh, competition. That's a brilliant point. Thank you very much, Sandy. And I'm glad you mentioned the announcement um, the UK government made a few weeks ago because I was going to ask you. Why do you believe the UK has quickly started leading the way and has become the the top ranking investment destination in Europe? And maybe you could also tell us how you and Ripple at large welcomed the announcement. Um, why do you think it's a positive thing and what, what do you think will be the next advancements in this direction? Yeah, I mean, UK historically, of course, sort of goes back to before even the fintech kind of space boomed, right, has been a hub for for, you know, it has been a center for financial markets globally, right, along with, with with some of the other ones. That means that, you know, in terms of the expertise, talent, investment kind of has been here. And, um, and, and you know, from early days on when, you know, technology, as it's disrupting every single industry around the world, really, has started making inroads into the financial services. I think UK was very quick to establish itself as a welcoming fintech hub by, you know, leveraging this financial services expertise, the talent, you know, having talent from across Europe, across the world. But also, again, you know, bringing back to regulation, which I think is is really important. UK regulators, I think, have played an important role creating a environment where fintechs can thrive, um, even in, you know, more relatively recently. Uh, regulations like open banking, you know, has seen a, a significant, I think, step change to bring competition and and improve sort of customer value, um, and even you know force or or incentivize existing players, banks, etc., to innovate and and find look at new ways of of do, doing business. I think you know UK has a lot of these fundamentals still in place, right? Talent investment in some of the infrastructure, um, the legal system. Uh, I think it is really important that um, kind of a sympathetic regulatory environment where there is clarity about the rules of the road and a you know framework um, is really important um, to continue to ensure that UK's you know crypto scene, blockchain scene thrives as the fintech scene has done um, until recently. Absolutely. And in this context, how would you say Ripple is contributing to uh, this, to supporting the growth of the ecosystem in Europe? And I know Ripple is involved in a lot of initiatives in this direction. So please feel free to mention a few of them, just to give our audience an idea of how the company is contributing to, to the growth and the adoption of crypto. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention a couple of things. I mean, we've been in Europe for quite a few years now. This is a you know Silicon Valley headquartered company. We've been growing. The business has been booming. So I, I'll you know, there's a lot of stuff. I'll mention a couple of things for you. Um, so I think, you know, first and foremost, I think I mentioned, right, the crypto and blockchain. I, I definitely believe it's one of the biggest influencers in terms of within the fintech space and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Um, and, you know, as the, you know, today we're the leading crypto enterprise solutions company. We were one of the very first uh, to use blockchain and crypto technologies to solve real world problems. Um, you know, looking at specifically very consciously, we focused on cross-border payments and efficiencies and, and looking 
looked at addressing those. Um, and we've built from scratch, you know, a payments network essentially today where we have hundreds of customers, uh, a run rate of $10 billion of flows, um, new markets opening up, you know, until very recently. So with that, what I would say is in terms of kind of how we um, contribute to the particular European ecosystem is, I think three th- three things kind of top of mind for me. So one is bringing this crypto blockchain expertise, right, as a you know key element of this to driving the growth of this ecosystem. As mentioned, sort of we have a booming business. We have over you know quarter of customers. We're adding new partnerships. Um, our partnership with Modular, which is a you know fantastic big brand here. Um, is a good example. Um, we are a member of, for example, the D- Digital Pound Foundation, which is a nonprofit. And, and through that, we support the design and implementation of the Digital Pound here in the UK uh, to make sure that, again, UK maintains that global competitive lead in, in financial innovation. Secondly, we hope to lead by example. And what I mean in that is, again, from very early on, you know, maybe today it doesn't sound groundbreaking, but, you know, back in, you know, seven, eight years ago when the company started, you know, it was quite groundbreaking to kind of have this approach of we want to work with the ecosystem, right? We're not overthrowing anything. We want to work with everybody to bring about this change because it's an evolution. And this constructive partnership-led approach is important for this ecosystem, I think, to continue to flourish. Because even if you look at the broader, you know, fintech space, and it's not that fintechs overtook banks and banks are dead, right? I think we've come to a realization that, look, you know, you know the, the ecosystem changed and there's been a lot of partnerships and everybody had had something to gain, you know, consumers, banks, fintechs, you know, everybody. And the thirdly, I think we are really committed to growing the talent pool. And a great way to do this is via universities, academia, because if you look historically, right, innovation and technological advancement have many times stemmed from academia. We have a university partnership program uh, which was launched in back in 2018. It's called University Blockchain Research Initiative, UBRI. Through that, we fund uh, fintech curriculum development, research, technical projects, entrepreneurship, student activities. And essentially through this, we look to engage and inspire students to become part of the f- workforce of the future, you know, blockchain, DeFi, crypto banking, fintech, you know, across across everything. And this way, we believe, you know, we're helping move the blockchain industry forward by providing the faculty and students with the tools, resources uh, required to, to thrive and kind of to be part of this next generation of, of the fintech talent. Through this program, again, in Europe, particularly, we work with, you know, leading universities like University College London, Reykjavik University, ETH Zurich. Um, and we've seen now from our experience, definitely, you know, there is a talent gap right especially around kind of technical blockchain crypto space and we hope you know these kind of initiatives will help um, bridge that gap and help continue to um, promote industry and on that note i think uh, it would be great to mention that uh, we have our annual conference ubri connect which is this year coming to london actually end of september so we're going to be bringing together top scholars researchers thought leaders around the blockchain space and showcasing some of their initiatives and um, knowledge and, and research uh, to inspire more research and collaboration. It truly sounds like there's a lot going on. Uh, I'm glad you, you mentioned a few of those initiatives and that you're also focusing on the new generations and on bridging that gap on different levels. 
Speaking of which, the payments vertical, even beyond crypto, is probably one of the hottest segments of fintechs right now. So I was wondering, maybe there's a few um, trends that you would like to discuss and you think will have a long lasting impact in this vertical? Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll touch on three key ones that, again, you know, I see kind of day to day and, and you know, in our business and our interactions with the ecosystem. Um, and it's around, for me, it's around cross-border payments, uh, second, everyday payments acceptance, and thirdly, the central bank um, digital currencies. In terms of cross-border payments, right, at, at this point, you know, I think we're in a really uh, interesting time in that the benefits of blockchain and crypto um, in cross-border payments have been proven in terms of real-time settlement, freeing up liquidity. Uh, we're seeing significant, you know, take-up, particularly in remittances, it's, it's made a uh, world of difference uh, in terms of bringing more transparency, reducing costs, etc. And I expect this to certainly to continue. Um, recently, we've done uh, some research interviewing thousands of finance leaders glo- globally, and some of the interesting findings we've found is, you know, close to 70% of financial institutions mentioned that they definitely interested in using blockchain for payments. Uh, the number is about 60% for Europe. Um, and in terms of the drivers, right, they equally see it as an opportunity, a, a revenue driver, right, growing market share, reaching new markets quickly, as well as an efficiency driver around improving settlement times, transparency, data quality. Um, and we do see this in our experience firsthand at Ripple, um, right? So this, you know, RippleNet, the cross-border payments network uh, we've created in the last few years, I mentioned in 2021, we've seen our volumes and transactions doubling. It's been our best year yet. And even Q1 has been our best quarter yet, right? And we've opened up new markets. Um, so I, I definitely see that take up uh, in our first hand experience. Second point I mentioned around more like everyday crypto payments and acceptance. And um, we've seen a lot of you know interesting developments, news recently around, right? Like some of the things I think worthwhile to mention, right? You know, the giant like WorldPay is hoping to, you know, mainstream crypto payments. Uh, they mentioned they're looking at two new products. Um, we've seen some partnership with the crypto lender Nexo with MasterCard. Visa is launching a crypto advisory service. Uh, PayPal has enabled crypto purchases and now planning a stable coin. Every day there's another sort of crypto rewards cards program coming out and many more. Right. So um, I think what's important is. There's a lot of innovation happening in this space to bring crypto payments right to, to mainstream. And it's really starting to seep in. And in, again, from our experience, because we're seeing more and more companies wanting to offer crypto to their end users, be it consumers or businesses, we have recently announced um, a new solution called Liquidity Hub, which essentially will enable companies to source digital assets in an optimal way so that they can offer crypto to their end users and um, and enable those different use cases. Now, thirdly, the last one I, I think it's worthwhile mentioning is central bank digital currencies. And, and I mean, why is that important, right? Uh, there's been you know very recent research from the Bank of International Settlements that shows now about 90% of central banks are looking at this, right? This is you know from 80% from about a year ago. This ranges from you know ev- just early ev- exploration to pilots or full-out implementations like, you know, in China today, there's over 600, uh, 260 million 
people are using e yuan, right? It's not a you know hypothetical thing anymore. And I see that you know in due course more and more countries will issue, maybe not you know every single country, but there will definitely be more than today. They will issue central bank digital currencies. There's a lot of decisions there, right? There's a lot of design choices. There's going to be lots of variety in this. There's definitely not one size fits all here. Um, and again, seeing this um, as you know part of the future of a multi-chain, multi-currency future, we've also at Ripple we've built a uh, CBDC solution based on this uh, the open source XRP ledger. And we've been in conversations with many regulators, bank, uh, central banks around the world in terms of you know, their exploration. We've also announced some pilots like with Royal Monetary Authority of Bhutan and Republic of Palau to pilot CBDCs um, using uh, this uh, technology. So I think, I mean, all in all, if I were to maybe kind of just wrap up is, you know, certainly I'm very bullish that, you know, crypto and blockchain will continue to fundamentally change payments um, because it's essentially, it's not even just how you, you know, payments is essentially how you move, I guess, money. But really, if you look, think of it broader, it's how you move value today. You know, today, everything is being more and more tokenized and 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 being brought into the kind of digital world. So I see this as kind of the next step in the more broader payment digitization journey, the trend that we've been, you know, experiencing in the last, you know, 20 or so years. And I'm really excited to help shape that future um, here at Ripple. Sounds great. Absolutely. And before I let you go, my last question will be picking up on something you've already mentioned. So the importance of external parties like regulators and maybe government, as we were um, just now discussing about CBDCs, you know, allowing this this sector to grow and to continue to to foster innovation. Um, so what do you think is, is the increasingly key role of regulators of a regulatory framework, let's put it this way, to favor a first of safe environment but also fair competition in this segment yeah i mean it is it is really important right it's super important um i think you know re- regulation on itself is not a restriction is not a bad thing on its own right i think the the key is how how it is done right there's so many nuances around it and we do see today a big ver- variation across the world again if particularly if i look around sort of more crypto regulation which obviously is super hot right you have you know, some outright bans like you see in China around mining, etc. You have regulation by enforcement that we've been seeing in the US. And then uh, what I would, you know, favor, and I think we're in a fortunate place in the UK and Europe is more of a sort of, you know, let's set the rules of the road, let's create a, you know, framework um, that can, you know, protect the investor consumers, but at the same time, you know, foster competition, and you know, make it very clear, you know, how the, the players uh, should be should be operate. Um, and I really applaud, you know, the initiative around the markets and crypto assets registration, um, as, as you know, in the U.S. part of that, because you know, no regulation is perfect, but I think just the fact that it will bring harmonization across the EU, it will allow passporting, for example, of, you know, uh, crypto companies across the EU, and it will, you know, bring clarity of, you know, what rules and regulations, right, any um, kind of crypto issue should should abide by. I definitely applaud that kind of approach that is in more partnership with the industry. And it's about, you know, fostering that, you know, innovation and competition, and not just kind of going back and regulating by enforcement, essentially. Absolutely. Really fair point. Thank you very much, Sandy Young, Managing Director, Europe at Ripple. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here.